Welcome to Mind Love, episode 11. Today's episode is all about following your gut and creating your vision. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hello, beautiful people. So I've been doing a lot of interviews for other podcasts lately, and it's been really interesting reflecting on my own story in such a linear way. The ups and downs, the laughter and tears, the wins and the jail time. And there was a moment that I was putting together all the pieces and seeing it all come together that I realized, wow, that's my story. So far, that is. Maybe those things did happen for a reason. Maybe it makes a little more sense than I thought it did at the time. Well, today we're talking to somebody that I can really relate to, and I'm sure a lot of you out there can as well. Her name is Julie Cielo, and she's considered a master of her craft with over 20 years of experience in health and wellness as a yoga therapist and transformational life coach. But her path for getting here was a wild ride. She basically grew up in the boonies, and instead of sitting at home trying to figure out what to do with her life, she went out and took action, just following her interests, and through trial and error, eliminated possibilities one by one. She can talk to dead people, which is something that we touched on in episode seven. She worked at a funeral home, she started her own company, and she even recovered from a crushing autoimmune disease. And then she lost everything and had to start from scratch. But Julie sees challenges as opportunities and has helped thousands of people with her signature vision workshops, helping people to forge a path that was a little less rocky than her own journey. But I'll let her tell you all about it because you're going to want to hear this. Julie, thank you so much for being on the show. But I have to start out with the dead elephant in the room. How in the world did you end up at mortuary school? Oh my goodness, Melissa. Well, you know, I went to college for mortuary because I was that weird kid growing up where, you know, I stole all the other kids' frog corneas in biology class and made necklaces and I would collect animal bones from the woods. I grew up on 44 acres of land in Pennsylvania with my grandparents. So picking up animal bones and putting them in jars and alcohol in my bedroom and I, I was working in my mother's beauty salon doing makeup and a family friend came and she said, you know, why don't you come down and work in the funeral home and do makeup for the people that were preparing for viewing? And I thought, oh, how fun. I had been gutting a lot of deer and <laughs> kind of took pride in, in cleaning animals. And I was like, well, yeah, let's do, let's do it. So I got down there and it, it just was a lot more fun than I had expected. And she said, you know, there's an emerging field called reconstructive cosmetic artistry. You should consider it. And there aren't very many women. And and six months later, I was on a Greyhound bus on my way to Boca Raton, Florida, to attend one of the only mortuary schools in the South. And interestingly, I, I trained under a man who they called the father of mummification. I can't help but think that mortuary school would just be creepy, and it would take a special kind of person. But... I guess to be fair, I never stole frog corneas, so... 
something else I should tell you a little background is that I've been talking to dead people <laughs> since I was eight, which is what made me sit in cemeteries as many hours as I could when I wasn't in school because I, I was just, you know, wanting to, to try to make contact with, with them. And so I, I did, <laughs> I, I, I made contact so much that that was the exact reason why I ended up getting out of the space. So when was that first time that you realized you could talk to dead people? And what was that experience like? Well, it was with my great grandmother, my great grandmother, uh, started speaking to me immediately after she had died. And I knew it was her. Um, She had just died. And her mother, I was close to her. She's my grandmother. Um, So her daughter. And uh, she was telling me what to tell her. And the more I was telling her what she was telling me to tell her, it was helping my grandmother. She went from grieving, just bawling her eyes out, to having some nurturance around around the loss she realized that her mother wasn't gone she was just in a different place and i was fascinated with this my grandmother really nurtured that gift she believed what i was saying she stopped crying the grieving was getting better she would even ask me questions and then i would get responses from my great grandmother so that's when it started at age 8 and i spent years just looking for more dead people to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) If there's one topic that keeps coming up in my women's circles, it's our hormones. Frankly, I think that between years of birth control or beauty products that mess with endocrine function, a lot of us are just out of whack. EstroControl is a formula developed by Happy Mammoth, a supplement company dedicated to making women's lives easier. It has science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS. The way EstroControl eases PMS is pretty interesting. The ingredients support the liver, and that's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in the liver... Women may start having PMS, spots on the skin, they get cravings, they feel low all of a sudden. EstroControl was created to help women feel like themselves all throughout the month because PMS can basically rob us of a week of our lives every month. Totally not fair. EstroControl is made specifically for women who are premenopausal, so it's perfect for women that haven't entered menopause yet. And in fact, it's amazing for perimenopause when hormones start to fluctuate and PMS can turn into a beast. I have been relearning myself postpartum. I just started my period again when my baby was 10 months and I forgot how wild these hormone changes can be. I wanted something to just maintain optimal hormone levels and help with mild mood swings, and EstroControl is perfect for this. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code MINDLOVE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code MINDLOVE for 15% off your first order. I have always been someone who's prioritized wellness. Well, at least what I understood about it at the time, which has definitely evolved. But now I live in a town where some of my conveniences just aren't as accessible as when I lived in L.A. Then I found Aloe Moves and my whole experience changed. I've been an avid yogi for 16 years, but frankly, I am just underwhelmed by most online yoga. Their flows are either too easy or not varied enough. Well, Aloe Moves has everything. Of course, they have an endless selection of beginner content, since that is the category most people fall into, but they even have advanced and yoga teacher-focused content. 
They are the only online platform that I can find that I can narrow down the time that I'm looking for precisely. Like, I have 38 minutes today. What you got? <laughs> they have something for every mood. Trying to get a good sweat? Try their award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, hit classes, or reformer Pilates workouts with or without weights. Or find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and even journaling for those quiet moments. And when it comes to sleep, it's just as important as fitness and nutrition. Ever since I watched The Art of Sleep on Allo Moves, I've been falling asleep faster and staying asleep longer. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Allo Moves. Go to allomoves.com now and use code MINDLOVE for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com code MINDLOVE. allomoves.com code MINDLOVE. So does talking to dead people sound more like hearing your own intuition or is it more of a clear voice? Well, it's, it's more of a clear voice and it's, it's not something that happens to me every day. What I found over the years as a body worker is that, you know, I don't know these people, so it'll come through as what feels like intuition as well. So it's a little bit of both. It's not like the movies where, you know, that you see the person and you hear their exact voice. It, it comes through as like, you just know that it's their voice, but it's actually your voice. Okay. So you love talking to dead people. You join their sorority at a mortuary school, and then you switch to gut health and starting your own company around that. How did that happen? Yeah. So after mortuary school, I, I became a body worker. I was putting my my ex-husband through school and I was under a lot of stress and I was probably doing like 10 massages a day, putting him through college for four years. And I also was on a mission to clean up my past. I had a very tumultuous childhood and I have a mother with borderline personality disorder. So I was on a mission to clean up my life. And I thought that the way to do that was by cleaning out my intestines and my body through herbs. So I started taking tons of herbal cleansing and doing colonics at least once a week. I was on the colonic table one day and my the right side the right quadrant of my abdomen swelled up really big and it alarmed the colon therapist and she said you know go to the bathroom and get rid of the water so I did and it came out like battery acid and I knew something was wrong and from that point forward I had a rapid decline in my health I had hypoglycemia blurred vision I couldn't put anything in my mouth without my stomach swelling and cramping it was out of control. I looked like I was eight months pregnant. And I went from doctor to doctor and they, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And um, I finally landed on a naturopath who tested my stool. And what I did was I stripped all the beneficial bacteria from my gut, trying to become the cleanest person in the world. I couldn't work and I was, I was practically bedridden. So I got a degree in natural health and I learned what I needed to do to nurse myself back. You know, sometimes it takes really feeling like you might have 
screwed up your body to make lasting changes. That's what happened to me when suddenly I realized I had chronic gastritis and there was so much pain in my stomach. And all I kept thinking was, what if this is how I give myself intestinal cancer? What if all of those years of being bulimic have finally caught up to me and it felt like some sick joke that it was all happening after I had already begun my healing process from that eating disorder? But as I have to keep reminding myself, everything happens for a reason, and that was a major catalyst for me switching to a vegan diet, which I'm so glad that I did. And thankfully, my symptoms went away. How long was that healing process for you? It it took about a year and a half, but the autoimmune disease, how it ended up manifesting was spots, depigmentation on my skin. So what people don't realize is that if you push your body far enough, you can trigger an autoimmune disease that's genetic that you're genetically predisposed to. So who knows what, what really triggered it? But I do know this. When I started to repopulate my gut, all the other symptoms started going away. I mean, it did take time. It wasn't overnight. The depigmentation has never changed. Uh, All the vitiligo, so if you know what vitiligo, Michael Jackson disease, it all came out at the same time. And it's on all of my joints. So my hands, my wrists, my knees, the tops of my feet, all depigmented at the same time. And then as soon as I repopulated my gut, the depigmentation stopped. But the melanin never came back into the skin. I'm on a mission to you know, see if I can continue to try to do that. But I also have learned it's really important to embrace yourself the way that you are. You know, if I feel healthy and I have spots on my skin, I need to shake the vanity and realize that I have lots of imperfections, but they're what make me sexy and unique. So I tell people that, you know, I'm part cheetah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Gut is super important to me too. And I know this is a podcast on mindset, but gut plays such a big part in our lives. Our gut is what processes everything that we do to nourish our bodies. So your gut health is going to affect more areas of your life than you may think. If you have unforgiveness, if you if you have disgust for your body, if you, you know, if you have all these deep-seated feelings of unworthiness, you're never, ever going to have good gut health because the gut and the mind are connected. The gut and the the heart are connected. If you're not living your purpose, you're not going to be able to have good, good gut health. Why? Because what you think affects the chemistry of your body, and it also affects the energy, your vibration and frequency. So Thoughts create feelings, those feelings create vibration, and that vibration creates matter in your life, in the projection of your eyes, through what it is that you believe that you deserve, or through what's happening in the chemistry of your body. So I'm not, you know, really one to say, you know, oh, this probiotic and this hydrochloric acid and and this, you know, fiber are all going to fix you and make you well. I've done that and it doesn't work. (laughs) You can eat organic all day long, but if you're not cleaning up your thoughts, 
and how those thoughts are creating feelings, it doesn't matter. You got to go to this, the real core. The real core is at the core beliefs of what are operating your life. That is just so true. So many people have asked me how I healed my eating disorder. And it's interesting because when I look back, a lot of the healing started to come very naturally when I started just getting my shit together. And I started to take control of my own happiness and just level up my life. So tell us about your personal steps to healing and how it inspired your next business decision. Well, I first had to get all of the things that I was sensitive to out of my diet. So wheat and dairy, sugar, you know, the the, the culprits that everyone probably knows to be what aren't good for for a healing gut. What really inspired Firm Fatale is I was at a Dave Matthews concert during this time period where I I was only able to eat salad with I couldn't even have vinegar on my in my dressing. I, I had to have lemon juice with olive oil. It was a year and a half of pure hell. And you know, being twenty four, I'm at this Dave Matthews concert eating salad and I'm looking around at my friends tapping a keg and I was drinking water and I felt so sorry for myself, which isn't a good feeling to feel like you're a victim of your life. And I just remember thinking like, nobody, nobody should feel this way. Nobody should feel left out, no matter if they're pregnant, recovering from an autoimmune disease, an AA, no, no matter what, nobody should feel left out. Like there isn't fun for those people <laughs> to be had yeah. as well. So that's whenever I came up with the idea for Firm Fatale, it was really inspired because of that. So the philosophy behind Firm Fatale is live clean, drink dirty. And it's a beverage mixer full of probiotics that are good for your gut. But unfortunately, it didn't make it to market. The funding Julie got just wasn't enough. It was a $3 million project and she only got 150000 in funding. So she had to make another decision to pivot. For the entrepreneurs or people in the startup world out there, you know that sometimes pivots are necessary, but man, can they be difficult. And oftentimes, it's not your ideas that are the problem. It's your mindset. An ongoing issue forever for me has been, you know, am I worthy of this? Am I worthy of just being bold and putting myself out there. Um, when the funding came so rapidly, I didn't even think about whether or not I was worthy to receive it. Um, I've had a lot of things to overcome. I mean, this project, when I ran out of funding, meant that there were still bill bills coming in. I mean, there still are bills coming in for Firm Fatale. You know, there's legal and all kinds of stuff that people don't realize that goes into creating an LLC. And I have all my heavy equipment in a storage unit for the almost two years now. It's cost me over 10K. So ongoing bills left me homeless for five, five months last year. I almost went into bankruptcy over this project. And I pushed all of my personal chips into it, drained my IRA. So the, the first part of my career, I was pretty successful in Florida. And coming out here five years ago, I was, you know, I've been trying to recreate myself and that hasn't been the easiest journey. Recreating yourself can be one of the scariest things in the world. Leaving the security of a corporate job or 
or leaving an unhappy or unhealthy marriage or really taking any big risk in life. How did you cope with that? I hit a low point, really low point. I mean, bathroom floor, fetal position, like what the fuck have I done with my life? I left, you know, a marriage. I really started to reconsider. Have I destroyed my life by coming out here and risking everything? And, you know, I had to come to that very dark moment before I started to realize, no, you were divinely guided. Stay on your path. After utilizing the principles that have really kind of kept my head above water, I'm realizing now that I needed to go through all of this, just like I needed to go through everything I went through before in my life. I needed to go through all of it to get me to the place that I am right now. You really had to go with your gut on some huge decisions. I know I've definitely had feelings that something's not right, and sometimes it takes me a long time to be able to take action on those decisions. And you've had to make some really big decisions, including leaving your marriage and shutting down production of Firm Fatale. And now that's a big part in what you do is helping people to make those big decisions and create a vision for their future. So what are the first steps to even realizing that you might need to make a change? Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. And get this, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? Two words, living intentionally. We have to take full responsibility for every area of our lives, including our health, which also includes our air. And that's why I love my air doctor. As a reminder, when you support my sponsors, you also support the show. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants, so your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants like allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I live in the mountains, and our air is pretty great. When I drive home, I can witness myself rising above the cloud of pollution that covers the rest of Southern California. But I know that even in the mountains, my home traps in the contaminants that my family brings inside. Plus, just sleeping one night with my air doctor, I could actually feel the difference. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to Air Doctor Pro and use promo code MIND, and depending on the model, you'll get up to $300 off. You're saving up to $300. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code MIND. That's promo code M-I-N-D. Notice what you're noticing. Notice what you're noticing all the time. Notice what you're noticing. And if you notice what you're noticing, you're going to discover that your heart has some longing and discontent. I mean, obviously, if I was crying myself to sleep every night for six years in a spare bedroom, I had a lot of longing and discontent. So it's first important to honor that and to realize what it is. So you can ask the next question, which is, what would I love? And once you determine what it is that you would love, the life that you would absolutely love living, then you can start to create a vision for your life. You know, so what is the most ideal romantic relationship? What would you love to be doing with your career? 
What does that look like? How are you spending your time? Um, how do you want to express yourself and be in the world? And what are you doing with your free time? Where are you traveling? What are you doing? And when you start to create this vision for your life, which honestly, I've been doing this since I was a kid and I didn't realize it until now, not losing that childhood ability to say, gosh, I can do anything I want to do. I haven't, I've never lost that. And I do believe that's what's gotten me to where I'm at right now because to have the balls, so to speak, to just pick up and go somewhere where I don't know anybody. That takes vision. A vision is so important because so many people just have this dream that they think will happen somewhere along the pipeline, but it never really does because you have to lay out a plan and take action. And action can be scary because what if I fail? What if people hate it? What if it flops? What if I end up homeless for five months? Then what? When you don't give yourself any other option, it's my vision or nothing. There's there's no alternative. You find a way. Fear, for me personally, has been something that I've always learned to embrace because I lived in a state of fear with a mother with borderline personality disorder. I mean, I was afraid to just exist growing up. Um, so I learned early on to use fear as my companion and to use it knowing that fear is not something to be pushed away. It's something to be embraced. It's something that tells us, you know, whether or not it's safe. And if I didn't rely on my gut instincts growing up, I don't know what would have happened to me. I mean, I always just trusted whatever my gut was telling me because I, I just instinctively knew that I had an innate intelligence and a, and a connection with source that if I listened to it, it would tell me where I needed to go because my ego isn't as smart as that source. It's an unfortunate truth that some of the traumas from our childhoods can manifest in the biggest ways in our futures. I'm curious what it would be like to grow up with a mother with borderline personality disorder because because I feel like even people with perfectly normal mothers think their mothers are crazy sometimes. So do you have any stories that would give us a sense of what that was like for you? I don't even know which which one to to share here. The one one that comes to mind is um so she was married 6 times and uh, after after she left her second husband, we were only living with him for about a year in Connecticut. And uh, she left and we were we were living like in the projects. So we went from living in this like bomb ass house, like in, you know, beautiful place to then we were like in the projects. And she I don't know if it's just a part of the disease or what, but she would make a lot of bad decisions and and you know she decided that she was going to give the keys to our apartment to the neighbor and I told her at age six um, I said I I don't think it's a good idea to give her the keys and and she was like oh that's silly and we came home one day and I went to my bedroom and my silver dollar which I had <clears throat> you know I just it's all about this silver dollar it was like a prized possession to me was gone from my dresser 
And I went into the bedroom and I said to her, my silver dollar is gone. I, I think we've been robbed. And she was like, oh, and then she realized, yes, we had been robbed. And I just, told, I just said, you know, it's the neighbors. I know it's the neighbors. And she was like, no way. I don't believe it. And so she goes over to the neighbor and the woman answers the door and she's all upset and she looks towards the parking lot and my mother had gotten all these furs um, from her second husband and he was very wealthy and all these furs were hanging out of this Pontiac and she starts chasing the the woman's partner down through this parking lot and the furs are hanging out the back and so I'm running after her and the guy grabs her by the head and puts a gun to her head and says you want to see your mom die today? And I said, no. <laughs> no, no, I don't, not today. Um, and, you know, she stopped fighting and, and they sped off. And, uh, you know, it was always that kind of chaos with her. And, um, and I just, I learned from an early age just to stay grounded, stay calm, and breathe. I, I mean, I really, really am grateful that I've, I had a really chaotic childhood because it's taught me a lot. It takes such a strong person to express gratitude for a chaotic childhood like that. But I do know what you mean. When trauma hit me back to back, when I was a teenager and in college, I had such a great life before all that, that I was just ill-equipped to handle it. I felt like a, a baby deer in a bullfight. How did you begin to heal trauma like that? I, I learned from a very young age how to disassociate and not feel. And I didn't know that until recently, in the past few years, I would say that the deepest healing work that I've done has been in what I call this this last five years, the dark night of my soul. I've had to go through the darkness to really find my inner light. And I was a good mortician because, I mean, I removed my first brain with a cranial saw. Why? Because I was able to disassociate. As much as a you know empath and intuitive, I could feel other people. I could feel, but I couldn't feel myself. I couldn't feel my own feelings until I went to therapy, a specific kind of therapy, and learned. Whenever I would bring an old old memory to mind, and she would say, "Where do you feel it in your body?" I'm like, "That's just foreign to me. I I don't know what you're. All of my feelings were happening intellectually." So I had to learn how to have feelings again. When you're abused and you're had had things happen to you, you either you're either going to numb out with drugs and alcohol or you're going to find a way to numb your body out just as a self-protective mechanism. So I had to relearn how to feel. That's so well put and it's exactly what I did after being raped and just disassociating any feelings of worth over my body or feeling at all. Is there anything that's easy to do at home that was really helpful for you in bringing that feeling and awareness back to your body? I would encourage anybody that's gone through things to 
bring something to mind, something that might still be lingering, and then ask, where do I feel this in my body? And what, what feeling am I feeling? And then emotion, emotion needs to stay in motion. So, you know, allowing that emotion to come in and then using the breath and allowing the motion to roll out. I was crippled with anxiety. And anytime she'd ask me, where do you feel that? I would say, oh my gosh, my head feels like it's going to pop off. And I truly believe that's why a lot of people probably deal with autoimmune. We take these emotions and we turn them back on ourselves and the body starts to attack itself because we ha we're not processing our emotion in a healthy way. We turn it on ourselves. Is there one thing that you did that you view as having the most powerful impact on your healing that you've also seen have as great of an impact on other people? I mean, I would say the forgiveness work is probably the hugest piece in accepting ourselves and truly thinking, you know, I am worthy to have these great things in my life. Forgiveness is like an onion. <laughs> and there aren't, there isn't anybody, no matter who they are, Melissa, even if they're the most, look to be the most enlightened person, they still have forgiveness work to do. So this isn't like, all right, I'm going to get this job done and then I'm going to be free. That's not how it works. Trust me, I've gone to seven 10 day silent meditation retreats and I come back all like the Dalai Lama and then I see my mom and it would all go to shit. That's a great example because any daughter will tell you there's something about moms. My mom and I are really close, but there's just a dynamic to a mother daughter relationship, especially that is unlike any other. In episode four, we discussed neglecting our inner child. And I think there's something about mothers who just bring out that inner child. So if there's healing that needs to be done there, moms can be a really powerful mirror for that. This is an ongoing process and things will trigger us. Oh, great. Another opportunity to, to heal more. You know, we're, we're here to have the human experience as spiritual beings. And that means feeling pain, feeling joy, feeling all these things and knowing that it's a, it's a process and there will be people that trigger things again. It's just another opportunity to expand our heart. So it's not like something we do once and then it's over. It's an ongoing lifetime, lifetime thing. You worded that so on point and it's so relevant to me at this very moment because I was just listening to a spiritual teacher by the name of Craig Holiday, who I'm so excited to say has agreed to be on the show. So expect that in the coming weeks. But he was saying that life is an evolving journey and that everything, every stage of development is a stage of divinity higher than the previous level. And when we open the door to negative emotions and allow them to move through our bodies, such as anger, pain, or sadness, our consciousness expands. And as we continue to open to it from a deep sense of clarity, these negative feelings transform into power. Craig says that the only way to truly know how strong we are, how incredible we are, and how divine we are, is through embracing all of the negative emotions. 
And when we do that, when we walk through the doors of these emotions and embrace them, we start to see that these emotions are actually doorways to our own divinity, that everything has a point, everything has a purpose. And when we access the greater levels of divinity within ourselves, we start to heal the lower aspects that are still struggling. And we are all, every single one of us, we are all on our own unique individual healing journeys. And that's why there's no benefit of judging or condemning other people's journeys or feeling ashamed about your own. Instead, we should all be sharing our stories and listening to each other and offering that shoulder of support for one another. Because I've said it before, but we're all in this human experience together. Yeah, it really is through the darkness that we find our inner light. It's true. You know, we we are all connected and we're here to connect and pretending that you're perfect and not sharing the ugliness <laughs> and your flaws and imperfections. It, it, it limits people. I would rather take the risk of being vulnerable and showing someone my ugly side or what I think is my ugly side than not because you find out who your people are right away (laughs) and the people that can't hand you can never say the wrong thing to the right person beautifully put and i love that you said that because it's something that i have to remind myself every day that i'm doing this podcast just being so vulnerable with my story and and putting it out there hoping that it helps just one person And Julie, you have a book launching soon. What else is coming up and where can listeners go to find out more about you? Oh, thank you. Uh, So the mission for the book is to get the, the firm vital philosophy and what it means to live clean and drink dirty out there. And you're going to see a complete relaunch of my social and everything as we get closer to publishing it, which is really exciting. But in the meantime, I'm leading vision workshops And what these three-hour vision workshops are, I'm teaching people how to create a vision. And in doing so, then you actually have something to work with. So not everyone has their vision dialed in and calibrated and understanding understanding as to like why a vision for your life is so important. And this has been the basis of what I've always done as a creative entrepreneur. I have some scheduled in Florida in December and I'm scheduling out New York in the spring and tons around LA. So keep your eyes peeled for one of these three hour vision workshops because it's a great opportunity to get in touch with your own innate creative power that wants to emerge and it's done in an interactive group setting. So just like we talked about before, like you know, sitting there and writing your shit down by yourself, you only get so far. But if you have to stand up in front of somebody and tell them deep detail by detail what it is your vision is, it's amazing what comes out. I'm doing VIP coaching for clients. I'm doing something really special with them where as a yoga therapist, I use a tool called Yoga Nidra. And it's the most profound tool in yoga as far as I'm concerned because it affects your subconscious mind. So I'm taking their vision and I'm creating a transformational guided meditation with all the details that they create for their vision. And then I'm regurgitating it back to them. So I'm like a bird, like they chew it up, 
and then I feed it back to them while they're under hypnosis. And this has been profound. So look for, for guided Nidra meditations for me coming up soon online as well that are real basic. But if you want to create your own, you know, go on this 12 week journey with me. That's an option too. Thank you so much, Julie, for being on the show. And I've never done Yoga Nidra before, but I can feel the universe calling me to do it because a number of weird and interesting synchronicities keep popping up around the topic of Yoga Nidra. So it's definitely something that I am going to be looking into. And if any of you listeners out there have any Yoga Nidra experience, tweet at Mind Love Podcast and let us know how it went. I hope you all had as much fun as I did on this wild roller coaster that was Julie Cielo's life. You can find out more about her at juliecielo.com, which I will link to in the show notes at mindlove.com slash 011. I can't believe we're on the 11th episode already. If you're enjoying the show so far, please hit subscribe. It really, really helps the growth of the show, as well as leaving a review, which is probably the most helpful thing you can do. We're getting so close to 100 positive reviews, and it just makes my heart twinkle watching this show grow and connecting with all of these awesome, like-minded people out there. So thank you so much for listening. I couldn't do it without all of you. So as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 